Hello, I'm Rebecca Horan and a very warm welcome to A Little Birdie Told Me, a podcast brought to you by Rollercoaster.ie. In this season, I will sit down and chat to 16 pretty interesting people to discuss pregnancy, parenting and everything in between. On this week's episode of A Little Birdie Told Me, I'm sitting down with Today FM presenter and mum of three, Paula McSweeney. On this episode, Paula and I discuss her ectopic pregnancy and what she went through. Take care if you've gone through something similar. So tell me about your career. Let's start with that in Today mm. FM because you're a huge success. Well, I've been there a long time now. I'm nearly, I'm probably one of the longest people in Today FM at this point, which is crazy because I was only ever supposed to be in there for four weeks back in about 2011, I think it was. And I went in via the marketing department because I used to just love Today FM. I wanted to work for Today FM. I would have done anything. So um, they brought me in just for kind of outside broadcasts, handing out T-shirts, doing, you know, greeting the audience, all that kind of stuff. And uh, I then wormed my way <laughs> into the marketing department just as, I suppose, a runner. I was just helping. Um, and it was a campaign called Shave or Die. I don't know if yes. you remember that. Yeah, for the Irish Cancer Society. So I was supposed to be in there for four weeks. And I had phoned Caroline Davies, who was head of HR at the time. I think I'd either sent an email or phoned her every week for a year before that going, any jobs, any jobs, any jobs. And she was like, no, no. And then one day she went, yeah. And I was like, yay. So I did f- for four weeks. And I remember thinking, I have to make this count. I have to make myself completely and utterly brilliant. I have to make sure that when I leave, they'll miss me. So I really tried to do that. Indispensable. Yeah, totally. What and age Jill, were you? I was, God, was I 25 or 26? Oh. And Jill Waters, my then boss, she helped me out loads as well because, you know, I, I, I think I was a good help for her because, you know, I had nothing, not that I had nothing else in my life. That was my one and only focus at that time. So I just sort of threw myself into it. And then once I'd wormed my way in there, I was like, right, how do I get on radio? <laughs> oh, well, so th- th- there was a goal. Yeah, there was a goal. I wanted to be on radio. I've always wanted to be on radio. I love radio and I love Today FM. And obsessed with music. Yeah, totally. You know, all those, those things. And when you're 25 or 26 or any age, you want to be doing what brings you so much mm. joy and getting paid for it. Amazing. Mm. So then I focused on Ian Dempsey because I loved the breakfast show and I got on really well with Ian. Still do. And I used to say to Ian every week. This podcast is brought to you by Avino Baby, a dermatologist and pediatrician tested skincare range, specially formulated with high quality oats to nourish, soothe and protect your baby's delicate skin from first use. Avino Baby is available in stores nationwide, including Tesco, Supervalue and Dunn's. And as your little ones get older, the new Avino Kids range is proven to cleanse, protect and help nourish kids developing skin, scalp and hair. Also available at Tesco and Dunn's. Can I work on your show? Can I work on your show? And every week he go, no, no. And then one week he came over and he went, hey Paula. And I said, yeah. And he said, do you want to work on my show? And I was like, yes, I want to work on your show. And you started doing the showbiz, the just, yes. just filling in. So it was just when it was Leah at the time when she went on holidays or whatever, I'd fill in and I just so loved it and then she got promoted to producing Tony Fenton's show so there was a spare spot on oh, that oh how sad well all my badgering <laughs> paid off because I then moved into that slot and then once I was in there and I got you know the show biz and I got to be a researcher I was like right how do I get my own show so it was like okay can I have my own show no can I have my own show so I started again and then they eventually said look there's a slot on Friday nights it starts at 11 and it finishes at 2 do you want it and I was like Obviously, I want it. Of course, I want it. So that's where I started. So I did Friday nights. I remember that. Saturday afternoons. I think that's where we kind of worked mostly. I would finish at midnight and still be hanging around till one, finish my button. You would arrive in looking glam. We'd all be like, no. Like turkey since 3 (laughs) p.m. And you were coming on to this kind of 
dancing. Yeah. So it was party zone. Really. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It, that, that's what, and that's like, again, I was, it was so much fun. It was just so much fun and I was getting paid for it. And to be honest, I, d- I don't think I ever came in looking glamorous because I was up at like half four in the morning to do the breakfast show and then I'd go back to sleep in the afternoons to come in. But like, again, you have so much energy at that age. Why wouldn't you? And adrenaline. Yeah. And exactly. you're happy. You seemed very driven. I wasn't in a great place. So what I mean was you were very happy mm. and you were doing like what we were all doing to get into radio. Like I'd done the A Roadwatch route. I'd done news reading. I did this and I always just wanted to have my own serious show. Like, you know, Women's yeah. Hour or something. And so we're all doing our thing. So how you did it is so interesting. Marketing, mm. runner. If anyone, if anything happens, I'm here. You know, <laughs> yeah. all of that stuff. And it pays off. I'm always telling, you know, people who come in, like there's quite a young station. Spin is obviously yeah. in where Today FM is now in Marconi House. And they have a really young staff. And when they ever, they ask me like, you know, how do I do this? Or, I say, be eager. What just is be, wrong with this generation? Just, just stick around. Just yeah. Say it's my turn. It's my turn. Like if, if there's, if someone calls in sick, be ready to jump in, be eager, you know, be willing and, you know, and learn and you don't have to be perfect at it. Nobody's going to be perfect at I it. I think at that the start. has changed a lot. Like I did the double shifting, which was really sad and no one knew because I'm sure legally it wasn't, but I would do 98 or spin in the morning from like four or five mm. and then finish at lunch, go home for a while, come back in for four to midnight because I just wanted to be on all stations. I know. But I wanted a contract. Right. And so I thought this will cu- accumulate <clears throat> in something fab but so you do all of that and you say yes and you probably do whore yourself out a little yeah but it all paid off for you it paid off for me but I can understand sometimes it is just um you know you, you may be a case where someone takes advantage of that or they're not paying attention and that's really hard that's happened to me too you know there's been promotions where I've like clearly say what? it's my yeah. turn and it's not you know and it's it's that's just you have to take it on the chin and you have mm. to just you mm. know on we move even though you're gutted and you're fuming but you have to just how did you evolve from that friday show so i went from friday mm. nights to saturday afternoons so that was two to six on a saturday afternoon that probably suited me more because i was doing the breakfast show what all was week. that show called i remember that show it was called was it planet hits yeah yeah and then i moved to saturday no it was saturday evenings i moved to next and it was um, I did have a name for it. I can't even. I've done so many shows. And I can't even. Whilst remember. also doing all festivals, all gigs, and having an absolute roar <gasps> and having time. a great yeah. time, exactly. Yeah. And then I moved to Sunday afternoons, all again doing weekdays, um, like the breakfast show. And then they moved me to early breakfast, which was the biggest gig I've done so far. I think. Well, up until after early breakfast, which I'll go into in a minute. But um, that was obviously Monday to Friday, five to seven a.m. I loved it at the did start. You love it? Yeah. At the start, when they approached me about it, and I was like. Because I've already done breakfast for years, you know. But I remember thinking, I don't really, I don't know if I want this. Is this going to be, because I'd have to come off the breakfast show, you know, around my comfort zone and all the people that I know and love and, Mm -hmm. you know, and all the listeners and then just move to a slot on my own all the time. And I will tell you, at the start, I felt really lonely. Yeah. You know, it was. And to make it your own, it's on you, Paula. That's it. Everything was on me. It had to be, it had to connect. It had to work. And um, I was producer. I was presenter. It was all on me. And it did. And it was brilliant. I did it for seven years and I ended up loving it. And I was so devastated. Seven years. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, wow. That only finished up last year. And and I moved to evenings. Um, So I'm like weekday evenings, seven to ten. So um, I'm obviously on maternity leave at the moment. But when they said to me, look, and I understand why they got rid of that show. Um, you know, it made sense to amalgamate Ian into into that hour, you know, from six on, you know, and, you know, I suppose. This is do, the show business. Do what all the other stations are doing. I get it. You have to kind of move with that. Um, but I love Breakfast Radio and I loved that slot. And I didn't think I would. I, would th- I certainly didn't think I'd be there for that I long. I think breakfast is the heart and soul. Like even just doing news on breakfast, the camaraderie, you're all exhausted. You're all up at dog's hour. 
and you just muck in and there's a silliness in that hour it's silly hour whereas I think even drive time as wonderful as those shows are you always want to be on breakfast radio Mm. like I just would die if they said come on Pat Kenny or do spins morning show it was gorgeous and even um, up until recently doing Radio Nova every Friday morning like I love that vibe I love it some people Um, are just morning people I'm a morning person I'm not not? I'm not but I love being on it but I'm no God no I'm not I am and like I always say ask me in the morning if you want anything done ask me in the morning and I'll get it done as the the day wears on I kind of wind down a little bit where are your family and all this where so are they from? Where are they living? What Kilken- are you? Well, I'm from Kilkenny originally and um, I've, I've got five sisters and two brothers. Wow. So they're everywhere, yeah. Okay. So they're all around Ireland. One is in Scotland, one is in Switzerland. But and had yeah. you moved up to Dublin very young? Had you... I do you know what it was. I had gone to Australia like everyone did um, at some point, I think in the mid-2000s. So I went to Australia in 2008, came back to 2009 and recession was knee deep there was no jobs I didn't really have any qualifications I had an arts degree but no experience in anything and I remember thinking I feel really stuck and I was at home and I certainly wasn't going to get a job in where I was living at home with my parents so I moved to Dublin which was a bit of a risk and it was miserable and I was in this crappy little bed sit I was so lonely it was horrific I hated it but I had to start from the start and go right what do I I want to work in radio so I found this company called Fingal Community TV. I don't know if they're still going, but like I, you know, they were really good. They ran workshops. I was able to do pieces to camera and learn pieces to camera. Uh, Obviously it was unpaid, but I was getting so much experience. And then I met people. So I started working in production on, you know, in different TV productions. Again, volunteering my time, not getting paid. You're a hustler. I had to. I didn't know all this about you. Yes, Mm. but I wasn't getting paid for any of this, but what I got an experience and, you know, I started to make friendships and connections, networking, all that stuff that at the time, I remember thinking I, I had no money. I had, oh n- like, I, I remember you even think thinking- think we're poor now, like I'm always like, I'm broke. I'm like, no, no. I remember being broke and broke. 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 Going to these things where- it into my account, please, please, to your sister or mom. And it's like, and I promise I'll pay petrol. it back. I promise I'll pay you back. And like, it was even to the point where, you know, there could be a, you know, an event on that you'd be working at and you'd be thinking, gonna get home mm. like I don't have any money no, anyway, and most of the production companies were brilliant they'd always arrange for taxis so that you're safe so that you can get home but if they only knew like I I had no, no money, money. I remember like, this so well you know, and being embarrassed and ashamed and also the glamour yeah. to your friends who are in law firms or accountancy firms and live in their great lives and the embarrassment of admitting look I can't go on that night but you've just done 10 double shifts in three weeks and I know but I'm waiting for that to come through I have to invoice for that and radio doesn't pay like you know this this kind of thought that because you're well known and famous that you're really loaded like it doesn't pay well it's no. a really hard industry to make money in no I think mm-hmm. most of my friends top tier who make money in yeah it. and I think most of my friends I think it would be fair to say they probably have a better salary than I do but I get to do what I do and that's the trade off and yeah. I wouldn't change that because yeah. I love it but back then I remember being afraid to go home at Christmas because I didn't want to meet anyone down the local because I didn't want I first of all they had no money you want to buy rounds of drinks that's it and se- <laughs> second of all like, just fine. like what are you doing with yourself yeah. well this oh that sounds so glamorous and you're going well I'm kind of the poorest I've ever been so broke. <laughs> yeah. I, I do I sometimes when I'm giving out about mortgage and the grown-up stuff now I'm like no no you were broke yeah. like try and be try and remember that or someone's saying just grab a taxi home I know. and I would just walk to stork <laughs> It's mad, isn't it? 11, yeah. And even now I have to think to myself, I have a mortgage. I qualified for a mortgage. I got a mortgage. Like even that yeah. in itself. Is back a huge in it, undertaking. Again, going back to that recession, I think that gave me such a gratitude for every God, paycheck so I ever hard. got. Because I was so and poor. And I started in radio in that recession yeah. and everyone was like, you won't keep that job. But I think we all just hung on for dear life. Yeah. Talk to me about your lover. <laughs> My lover. Talk to me about Aiden because this is a very funky story. 
Yeah, I remember at the time, I mean, loads of people, I was, any interview I ever did, it was like all about the Tinder aspect. But I think it's most, a lot of people kind of get it now, like that, that's how people meet. I don't know how I'd ever have met Aiden if if it wasn't for Tinder. But that's what it was. So 2013, I got my show on Friday nights. And then I was actually had been going out with someone and that that relationship ended. And it's funny when you were saying, and you know, you were so buzzy or whatever. Like I remember being kind of miserable there for a while. But then for a very short period of time, because actually my life kind of took off after that relationship, which wasn't great, ended. I know it sounds awful, but like really, it had kind of held me back a bit, if I'm being honest. Because after that, what happened was I got the show. I got a mortgage. Mm-hmm. I bought my own house. Wow. You know, I did all. Oh my God, I went oh for it. God. Like, yeah, no, but, it, you know, it was like, a, you know, I didn't need this dead oh. weight. <laughs> by me. You know, John. <laughs> um, and actually, and it taught me a lot. And it taught me that actually I could do this. I would, and I was going to do it. So getting the show was the biggest step for me. It was such a massive step. And I was like, right, I got this from all these years of hard work what do I want next and I wanted to buy a house so again that's amazing yeah I don't know it was am- it was and different I s- times though as well like it's definitely a funny little if I if I told you like well I'm not going to go into money but like what I paid for it you wouldn't get yeah, you know, no, I know you wouldn't get you wouldn't get rent for that you next, feel bad you? Don't yeah you that's really? it I yeah. got I got very very lucky which I totally I totally get um so t- that was 2013 2014 I got my career together I got bought my house you know and I was you know then 2015 came and I was like I want to find a husband. <laughs> so, and I really... So funny. But it's so, it sounds so clinical. I want to find a husband. So I, I decided, right, I'd sign up to Tinder. And uh, I went on probably a date every week for... Wow. Yeah, for about six months. I went on loads of dates. I had such a fun time. Okay. I went on coffee dates. I went on dinner dates. I went on walks, you know, and I met some really lovely guys. <laughs> some absolute stinkers as well. Yeah. But you're going to get that. Yeah. Um, but I met some really lovely people who I'm actually still friends with. You know, we send an odd text. There's just no spark or whatever. <laughs> you know, it, like it was just good fun. And then I met Aiden. And then it was like... I, and the thing is, because I'd gone on so many dates that never went anywhere, I, I kind of... Not that I was jaded by it, but it just did, it didn't phase me. So I remember meeting Aiden. We'd started, to, like, we'd swiped right on the Sunday and we met up for the first time on Thursday. He, he was quite eager to meet up because I was like, oh, we're busy next weekend. Let's do next week. He was like, no, let's do Thursday. You're a like, famous DJ. So I was like, okay, he'd never heard of me before. Okay. He, Googled, he had to Google me. And then he was like, oh my God. And I was going, don't you pretend that you've been listening to oh my, my God, show? And he was so like, funny. I haven't. He'd never heard Is of he me. Is he from before. Dublin? Yeah. Okay. He's from Swords. So we went for a drink in Swords and, uh, I remember walking in, looking at him and thinking, oh, I wish I'd washed my hair. <laughs> you him. Yeah, I really fancied him. And you know yourself, when you go on a first date, you either immediately fancy them yeah, or immediately totally. not. Tingle, tingle or and not. S- yeah, and sometimes that, you know, you can fancy them by the end of the date when you didn't, maybe not, maybe didn't at the start. But I definitely, I, I remember just thinking, why didn't you wash your hair? So we had a brilliant date. It was really good fun. And it kind of went from there. I kind of I knew very quickly. It's and he did too. Husband. Yeah, he, he we just, like, you know, very quickly we moved in together. We were engaged and married within two years. Yes, you know. this is what I mean about it's such a funky. You knew what you you both knew what yeah. you wanted, and you got what you wanted from it. And there wasn't this weird messing thing. Yeah, because my husband's South African and he's not. And I'm not saying it's an Irish thing traditionally, but there was no waiting to kind of. He's a mover. He, wa- he knows what he wants. If you don't want to get married to me, Bex. I got to move on my good life because I know what I want from life. And I really loved that. And, and I was much younger than him. So I remember being quite scared about all that, you know, yeah. um, directness. But very like that. If we met in a night out and ended up 
we didn't stop seeing each other for a year. We had to have a night apart because he wanted to watch The Apprentice one night. <laughs> um, but just passion. But there was just no BS. No. If he said he was going to ring me, he'd ring me. But I me. think if you like someone, there is no BS. That's it. If, if you like them enough, you'll make the time. I agree. And I wish I could go back and tell my younger self that you shouldn't have to beg someone to no, be nice God to you. No. Or God to like no. you. Or to like you. Or, or to, to have, be with you. Or to be with you or, or respect you. you should, if you have to beg someone for all those things, then... I wish I could go back to my younger self and go, look at yourself, you're so much better I than know. this. I know, it's really depressing. Isn't it? I should write a book about the depressing <laughs> people. Like, I dated someone for a very long time. And God, I look back and I go, what was wrong? My sister's like, I don't know. I know. So you end up fiery in love. Fi- it, totally. He it was moves just, in with you. Yeah. He's working away in Dublin. Yeah. You're doing your thing. Mm-hmm. So you and he's my biggest supporter. Like he's always, I'd always get, oh God, I'd love to do that, but I'd know if, like, would I be good enough? And he's like, you are, you, he's just, he's, he's really shy. He would never, he doesn't he? like being in front of cameras. He doesn't like talking on, he just wouldn't do any of that. But he is my biggest champion and never makes me feel silly for thinking, maybe I, I'd like to try that. Wow. Or I'd like to do that. Like, I'm always saying I'd love to have done acting. He's like, do acting, do Why acting, not? go get an Oscar. Like he, like there's no, there's, there's no, no like limit. Yeah, there's yeah, no limits on what we can do. And it's lovely being married to someone like that because you know, he really does make me feel like I could rule the world. Probably a bit too much. Probably a bit like... No, that's you know, important. You know, like an X Factor when someone comes on the stage and like, my mum says I can sing and then they have a note in their head. That could be me. No, my that's not so you. It's called, it's called actually believing in the person you're with and yeah. like vice versa. Yeah, totally. You believe totally. in him. Totally. And um, like, we just, you know, I'm just, I know I'm very lucky. I just, I met my person and I know, and I know this is going to sound, people go, oh, well, you never know. I do actually know. Like, we will be together forever. I do know that. I have yeah. no doubt in my mind. I wouldn't have married him if I didn't think that. Like we all kind of know that from watching you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but you know what I mean? There's a genuine um, connection there. I love how you parent and how you discuss that. Um, you can see there's a, very, a huge amount of respect. Yeah. That's know, it. We're, no we're very equal. Yeah. You got married in New York. We did. The most beautiful Guna. Again, he's oh my God, like... you looked so beautiful. That's my ASOS Guna. Is it? Yeah. I remember seeing that picture. I was actually kind of stunned. I didn't know you were engaged and was like, you're married, what? <laughs> we just ran away. We did. Do you know what? Again, like, I have such a big family. Aiden's really quiet. You know, we were, we got engaged at the end of January of 2017 and it was like, right, how, how are we going to do this? And I'm not a planner. I don't like planning stuff. And I'm not also very impatient. Like if I'm gonna do Same. it, I want to do it now. Yeah. You know, I don't like waiting around I'm for waiting stuff. For it, yeah. You know what? You know, and we were very, very clear on the fact that we wanted to have children, and we would like them sooner than later. Again, Aiden's a bit older than me, and you know, he didn't want to be heading into his forties having his first child. So, you know, we decided right, we go to New York, we'll get married in the September, we'll take a honeymoon in December to Mexico because we want to have a little fun first, and then at the start of 2018, we'll have a look at. Having children, she was pregnant straight away. <laughs> so you were pregnant straight away. So this is the start of this gorgeous family. Yeah, that you have. and because so you after know, after the honeymoon, like so after the honeymoon. So we said we'd start, we'd, we'd we'd have a go in January, and like obviously, I'd never been pregnant before in my life. I'd never had any experience of being pregnant. So you never know; it's not a given. No. We had to kind of. Um, that was another thing we had to say to ourselves, you know, before we um, got married, like would we be enough for each other if we had trouble, if we couldn't have children, if it wasn't on the cards for us? You know, that was a really yeah. big conversation we had to have, which we did. And obviously we, we agreed that, look, it, this, this, is, this is us. This is what we're going to do no yeah. matter what. Um, so, yeah, you never know. But honestly, like, I mean, when I say straight away, I mean... You looked at him. I looked at <laughs> like, I just, I couldn't believe it. I was like, when well, I am one of eight children, so maybe it's in the family. It's I don't know. But, yeah. You know, because I didn't know about, like, I didn't even know. Like, they say it, you know, on average, it takes about six months. And, you know, I was going, Grant, that's fine. But straight away. And we were so excited. Like, it was obviously just the best news ever. And, 
you know, couldn't believe it. It's like, you know, you're, you know, do you remember when it was just the two of you and then you find out you're having a third and everything is just so you're giddy. You're like, oh my God, we're having a baby. I think the first, pre- no, not for everyone, but the first, there is something romantic um, about your first pregnancy because you're not dealing with other children, right? So there's no distraction. There's a lot of attention on the queen that is creating yeah. life. Um, you're doing your <laughs> yoga class, you're with your pals, you're getting treated like, a, like I really embraced it. Um, and I saw you did, I watched and I was like, oh, you know, because I think similar age, well, similar age that our firstborns. So you have beautiful Roddy. Yeah, he was born in October 2018. And like I was, your t- I think your typical first time mom, which is, you know, I was a bit terrified of everything at the start because you've got this tiny human. Um, and every- Was your labor story straightforward? Was your pregnancy it straightforward? Was a, it, pregnancy was very straightforward. At the very end, he was breached, ended up with a section. Okay. So I was fine with that. I had done all the hypnobirthing stuff, like the birthing under a tree, singing Kumbaya. This podcast is brought to you by Avino Baby, a dermatologist and pediatrician tested skincare range, specially formulated with high quality oats to nourish, soothe and protect your baby's delicate skin from first use. Avino Baby is available in stores nationwide, including Tesco, Supervalue and Dunn's. And as your little ones get older, the new Avino Kids range is proven to cleanse, protect and help nourish kids developing skin, scalp and hair also available at Tesco and Dunn's. To be honest, I went in with Braxton Hicks and I was like, I need an epidural. <laughs> You're so, like, this is too much. <laughs> they were like, okay, natural birth probably wouldn't have been for me. So I was fine with that. And the recovery was absolutely fine. Um, but having that newborn, I remember like saying to you before, you know, going from two to three was mental, but I think nothing really prepared me going from zero to one because, you know, I'd never done this before, you know, and I had this tiny little baby and I, I, my poor mother and my poor sister, rang them every day. I sent them pictures of his nappy. <laughs> I sent them pictures of his belly button. I sent them, is everything okay? Is this normal? Is that normal? You just don't know. You know, everything is so new. Um, poor Mac, my third. I've just had him and now I'm like, ah, oh, you're fine. You're right. What's that rash? You'll be good. <laughs> fine. We've done this before. Uh, but yeah, typical first time mom. And because COVID hadn't hit yet, the pandemic wasn't here, I got to do all the baby massage and the swimming lessons and all that nice things that I, I feel so sorry for any mother who, or, or father who went through um, their first pregnancy and their first birth through COVID because they missed out on all the nice things that you get to do in your first mm-hmm. pregnancy. Because obviously I couldn't have done that after that because I had a toddler to mind. So I got to do all that lovely stuff. Were you lonely? Was there any postnatal vibes? Did you miss being a working woman and your independence or did you embrace that time off? I really embraced okay. it, I have to say. Now this time is, again, every pregnancy and every baby is different. Um, for the first time, oh my God, I loved it. I had no, I honestly, I did. I wasn't looking at work when I should go back. I took every moment, every unpaid leave. I took everything because you don't get that time back and I adored it I just I had my little bestie and do you know it's funny I didn't ever feel lonely I always had like he was always there so and I can totally understand how some people feel lonely because it is it's a lot but I didn't you know it was lovely it was actually maybe it was because I have done early breakfast for so many years and I was actually on my own yeah. all the time when everybody and else is in work pal. I have my little pal who used to like drive me wild and, and not sleep and you know, breastfed 23 out of the 24 hours of the day, but yep. I didn't care. You Still know? doing it. <laughs> Jeez. Go on. Amazing. God, breastfeeding. Yeah, that's a whole other yeah. um, sh- shit show. Um, you want to have a second <coughs> or you decide you want... So when he turned, when Roddy was just about to turn one. Wow. Yeah. So, oh yeah, I tell you, okay. again, again, I have no patience. Ah. So wait, you hear about the third. Um, oh I have no gosh. patience. So it was like, right, let's have another. And Aiden was like, okay, let's have another. And again, straight away, as soon as, you know, honestly, like it was amazing. And because the first pregnancy had been so straightforward, you know, I thought nothing of it. Got really bad morning sickness, but I'd had that with Roddy. 
and uh, went in the end of November, nine weeks pregnant. And nine weeks, okay. Yeah. And she did the external scan and, she, you know, I could see by her face. I went, oh my God, there's something wrong. And she said, I'm going to have to do an internal. And so I was kind of getting myself ready and Aiden was standing there and I said, there's something wrong. And he was like, there's nothing wrong. I said, there's something wrong. Yeah, at this point when I was pregnant with Roddy at nine weeks, you could see the full baby on the screen. You could see, you know, and there was nothing. So I was going, there is something wrong. And he was like, no, it's fine, it's fine. So she came back in then and she did the internal and she said, okay. She said, what I have here is, and she showed me. And what really, and to this day, it kind of pains me even to think about it, which is um, she had found the baby and it was, a, you know, it was there. The little heart was beating, but it was just in the fallopian tube. Mm. And I remember going, <laughs> I remember saying to her, but I saw this episode of Grey's Anatomy, right? And she was like, this isn't, and she was so gentle and so kind, uh, but very, very um, firm, yeah. like it, not to give me any sort of yeah. hope. Uh, this wasn't going to, to work out. Because you thought it could be saved. Totally. Sure, it, was, it was totally there. Like, there. Baby's Pull heart it was, out. Baby's heart was beating. I was like, just kind of milk it yeah. down. She was like, it doesn't really work like that at all. Uh, and I said, oh, I, I, and I remember just going on autopilot going, I better go home and get get a bag and she went no no no, you can't leave the hospital and I was going what and she said this is really serious and I didn't realize like I just I didn't realize and obviously it was so new and I was going I was trying I was thinking I said okay uh, Roddy needs to have his dinner and you know you start going into kind of mechanical mm, yeah so I was shown up to a ward and I started googling it and I was going oh my god so when they went in to operate that evening she said it had actually started to bleed so if I hadn't gone in on that Thursday evening she said it would have gone that weekend and it would have been horrendous like so this was your ectopic so it was ectopic yeah it was it was did you know that word before this I'd heard it I remember she was remember my consultant who I just adore she's fabulous um saying and here's the baby and here's the fallopian tube and I went and I actually said so it's ectopic and she said yes but I didn't know much about it so it was only when I googled it I was going oh my god like she said to me it was an extremely strange case because when she was doing the internal, she was like, does this hurt? Does this hurt? I had no pain. Like, wow. nothing. I mean, I was spared that. And that's why I always think, I know it sounds really weird, but I was very lucky. Like, it didn't, ex- like, it didn't, you know, explode. Mm-hmm. I wasn't in any pain. Mm-hmm. I wasn't frightened. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't, it, no, I was spared all of that. Mm-hmm. I had gone into the expert in her field who was able to diagnose it and treat it that evening. And that was it. You know, and I know that sounds so clinical and kind of cold, but when I woke up the next morning in the rotunda, I wasn't pregnant anymore. Um, I wasn't more. I had no morning sickness, which I had been. I had such bad morning sickness in that pregnancy, and I remember thinking, like, it's just over, and that was that was it. But I was spared, kind of, you know, the panic, the emergency. I was, I was spared, you know, the the wondering, because I know people who, you know, they can't quite diagnose yeah. it, they can't quite find it, and it's just agonizing. Like I was spared all that. Did it was you done have a tube out? Yeah. So you had which tube? So it was my left tube, mm, which was taken. Yeah. And I mean, she did her best to save it, but she's I didn't realize. See, this is the thing. You don't learn these things in school that like your floating tubes, they're like they're wibbly, like they wobble around and they, you know, so my right tube just did the work of both of them. I thought they were just stat- stationary, you know, the way like Hang the diagrams. Out. Yeah, like the diagrams show. Or is it that way? It's that way. <laughs> like the diagrams show. And I was, you know, and she said what actually could happen is every month, um, that one re- remaining tube will actually float over and do the work and I was going that is amazing and I remember going our bodies are amazing and she said they really are and that's what happened because a month later I was pregnant with Pixie like that isn't like, did I, you grieve the topic or did you not consider that yet to be something that was you know as big as that yet yeah, you were you were much more like thank god my life has been saved because it's super dangerous and thank god we're on a you know I'm, I was helped and they got there and I can go on or did you have any grief 
this happened the end of November and I can tell you Christmas was a pretty grim affair I was with the not just with the disappointment and the sadness and the what ifs and I should be this and I should be that the hormones like you know yourself mm. you know you're pregnant and then you're suddenly not pregnant and oh my god it was a really really tough Christmas and I remember feeling guilty about that because it was Roddy you know he was uh, he was just gone one and just being glad that he'd never remember because it was just so sad and I remember Someone in work, someone I'm very close to, said to me, and if someone else had said it, I might not have taken it in the spirit that it was meant, but I thought it was such a, a real response. And they said to me, I'm so sorry. And I said, thanks. And they said, but you know, onwards and upwards, we go on. And I remember thinking, wow. if someone else had said that to me, but the way they said it was so kind okay. and filled with so okay. much, and really, like, it wasn't, it wasn't a dismissive. It wasn't, it was so, like... Yeah, you're saying what everybody kind of wants to say but mm -hmm. can't say mm -hmm. because they might say the wrong thing. Yeah. But they're absolutely right. And I decided to write New Year, New Me, all that kind of stuff. I had had a horrible month beforehand. I, I didn't want to spend the rest of my life being sad about something that I couldn't change. And I was able to do that. I know it's 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 not always mind over matter. You can't but always. But I think it's innately also your personality. Like, I do think you are a very positive um you're a get up and go person, Paula. You've a lot of spirit in you. You're, you know, you've that energy that kept you. Like you are that person. Not everyone is that person. Some mm. people just find themselves in the toilet when things I like totally this happen. Totally get, yeah. And you, you are so strong. And like what I took from that is that you spoke about it. You could have just been like, Paula McSweeney, you know, today I'm a presenter, look at my beautiful wedding, and then I have a baby in it. Mm. that's a bit grim that helped and dirty me. and I'm not going to speak about that I'm just mm. going to go on my good life and show women that I've had two kids really perfectly easily and it's all been and what you did by telling your story mm. because when I saw the like I hadn't had my ectopic mm. and I remember reading your story and kind of that word I don't really know that word and what she's on about but she's had a miscarriage no it's an ectopic and just been like, wow, it's really open of her. Gosh, you know, because then I went on um, later on to tell my story in a completely different way but you really helped in a way you'll never know get me out of the gutter because I didn't really have anyone to relate to yeah. in maybe a similar industry or maybe a similar slight, slight personality. I didn't know anyone who'd been through it except these people that were on like this blog thing that you can go and and I really found it hard in a different way. I really was very depressed by the whole thing because of being taken us so long to get pregnant and we'd had miscarriages and then this happened and I was like, Gah! and mine was really serious and all that but I do remember reading your words and taking great solace um that's really kind of you to say and I hope it never comes across like you know I was like done and dusted on we go because obviously I, f I, I f went through those feelings as well but I kind of this sounds so arrogant but I kind of assumed I would just go on and have more children and you know because I remember only at one point I turned around to Aiden I said what if that was it? What if we don't have any more? And he remember him saying, look what we have. We have everything. You know, and he was right. We did. At the, you know, I obviously wanted more. We had Roddy. We had everything. And some people, you know, don't have that at all. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I had to kind of put my head in that place where we do have everything. Mm -hmm. when's, when's enough? Yeah. What is enough? Yeah, you know? what is enough? So, you know, and what, hap what helped me was I put that story out on Instagram. And oh, my God. The amount of messages, the amount of stories, anecdotal stories the amount of 
people who had been in a similar situation like that wouldn't have spoken about it. Mm-hmm. The amount of people who confided in me, you know, I, I just felt so moved and I felt so um, appreciative because it's very hard to get back to every single person, as you know. Yeah. Uh, but like, God, I remember just feeling like, you know, hugged. It was like a collective, like was a I was minded. Movement. You went from being fun time broadcaster to actually this self, like you were telling a story that people could relate to and it suddenly gives you actually another string that you probably don't even realise mm. you've done, but you've actually opened up this other side to you. Mm. And and it's uh, it actually, like it shows, you know, even in your Instagram following and your audience and like people really relate to that. Yeah. And actually, you know, more than anything, you gave me hope because I do remember telling you what I was going through and I was really devastated. Like, I don't know, it really hit me. And I do remember seeing you go on to have your second beautiful child and going... Because I was told, I don't know, when I was a bit older maybe, but oh, I don't know, Rebecca, if it'll be cool if you haven't. And you had this beautiful baby and I was like, well, poor idea. Well, that's one thing that I have to be really careful with myself because when people send me messages and say things like, you know, I've just had an ectopic and you're giving me hope and I have to stop myself from going, oh no, it'll happen for you because everybody's different and I can't give someone that sure. false hope. And I was, I, I would be the first, to, I am so lucky. I don't know why I got that lucky. Like, I don't know why... A month later, I was expecting Pixie. I don't wow. know. Like, a month, month later. later. I went back and my consultant was like, she's like, when I saw the list for today, she said I had to do a double take. And I you said, weren't told to wait. I was told to wait because of methotrexate. So I'd had yeah. that, didn't work, yeah. ruptured at home, had to be brought in, emergency. But I was then told, give your body six months because really dangerous to get pregnant with, like, it's like a chemo in your yes. system. Yeah. And that pissed me yeah. off because I hate lack of control. And Don't tell me to wait. Yes. Damn you. Like and I was like, so And angry. the impatience as well. Oh, Paul, I had so much rage. I was so bitter. <clears throat> I found it really hard to be around pregnant people. I found it really hard to look at announcements. I was very sad because I thought I'm now waiting another six months. So you did inspire. And I would you're been, correct. You can't say to people you're going to get pregnant, but you did inspire hope. But I would have been the exact same as you, which is why I really do think ugh, I was lucky in the way it happened. It was over and done with and I could move on with my life I could start you know thinking about how this was going to affect me or how I could move on with it because I didn't have to wait I wasn't told to wait um, That's I remember amazing. my consultant saying maybe give yourself one cycle and then go again but there was no reason for me and like that suited me because I am like that I'm impatient oh, and too. I just I just wanted to get cracking you know and yeah a month <laughs> later I was expecting Pixie and like that it was like oh my god because you know yourself once you've had one ectopic there's um, there's a, a higher a small a, a small percentage higher chance yes, that you'll have another, another. Yeah. so you know going in for that first scan was like ah! but uh yeah no it's all good so yeah how was pixie she was brilliant she's okay like you know we didn't find out if we were having what we were having until she was born so we had roddy at home and oh the day she was born they held her up and i was like it's a girl oh you just, didn't know no i didn't find out in any of my my babies um, You're I much knew, stronger than me. I knew Mac was a boy. I just knew it was the same pregnancy okay, as with Roddy. Okay. Pixie was my easiest pregnancy, probably really? my easiest baby. Okay. Just, and I'll never forget. When just I held her up, did her. you oh, just die? Okay. Oh, I near, like, and there was. I remember my consultant was. She was uh, teaching a. I don't know, an obstetrician in training. <laughs> and so she was kind of going through things. And she said to me afterwards, did you see she was crying at my reaction? <laughs> I was so, she was just so happy. Like, oh, my baby girl. Like, yes. I was just, it was honestly yes. the most magical moment. And she's a magic, she's a magical human. She's fabulous. They have beautiful hair. <laughs> yeah, don't they? They're blessed with your hair. <laughs> um, not that Aiden, I don't know what Aiden's hair is like, but you, they have beautiful hair. They do. And they're beautiful names. And um, Not for everyone, but like, you know, I love having names that are a bit different, you know. Yeah, it's...
so you have her and then you're not happy enough so there <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't quite you went it. back to work and you got busy and all that but I then went back to work and to be honest we'd already discussed you know we were going to have a third and it was oh, wow. a case of do we wait a year or do we have the two years two years and then let three be and it. you're not a worrier you don't worry like about money and the future and the vision and right. climate change like you're she not a you panicker about everything no if you ha if you waited for the right time you'd never have a baby i really do believe that so it was like you know, do we wait a year and wait until Roddy's starting school in September now? So were we going to go this year or last year? But again, I'm too impatient. Patient. Once we had made that decision, it was like, right, let's go. And again, straight away, pregnant. Um, again, a little bit nervous going into that first early scan to make sure that everything was okay. And um, this pregnancy kicked my ass, I have to say. This this last pregnancy. Is it because you had two kids? Uh, I had two kids. Uh, I have very bad morning sickness. Okay. Um, I had gestational diabetes oh. which was wow. so difficult to control even with insulin which I you, know, you didn't have it for the others I had it with pixie but very easy to control okay. didn't need insulin just okay. diet and exercise no problem mm -hmm. this one even with insulin horrific uh it just didn't did you find good. out early on your gestational diabetes what they do is because I'd had it for my second this this immediately just assume you have it for your third so you're you're kind of taking your bloods you're checking your bloods and it was it wasn't until about week 29 that it actually kicked in and oh my god those last few weeks oh gee, it was just so hard i had no energy um so bloated oh, so uncomfortable nothing i ate even with insulin would would control the blood yeah. and i just couldn't wait to never be pregnant again. okay <laughs> well wow. the end of it that was it and it went when you can when you gave birth as soon as i gave birth, right okay gone, yeah because for some people it's a horrible it hangs around it like does a, yeah and i went back in for a test when mac was six weeks old just to make sure and like flying great um but it has it's funny because that did make me stop and go right hold on a second now i need to look at my overall health here because they don't they think it's caused by placenta but lifestyle has a lot to do with it so since max being born like i obviously had a cesarean so i had to kind of gradually get back into kind of getting on my feet and stuff but she's haven't stopped walking or swimming <laughs> and i've cut out sugar and i've cut down on alcohol well, i, I want to say that you know um you are a gorgeous girl, you know, like it's pretty plain to see you're really attractive and glam, right? Normal, yeah. You know, you're gorgeous. <laughs> and like, so people are always like, oh, when are you wearing Paul and And, you know, I see that you have that interaction on Instagram. Mm. And then as women, I think when we have babies, uh, you know, I was saying this to somebody yesterday. We can't say we want to lose weight because it's taboo. Yeah. It is. I'm doing it for my mental health. Yeah. I'm doing it because I want to stay strong. And we also would like to, to shed a few pounds. Yeah. Is there something wrong with that? And I think I saw someone say, you look fantastic, whatever, what are you doing? And I loved that. You were like, I walk all, all the time. day. I yeah. swim. You are an incredible. Yeah. I love your swimming stories because like I'm, I'm great into sea swimming, but I wouldn't often be as brave. I see, I see. Um, you're a big sea swimmer. Mm. Um, you're moving. You're, you know, you can't just shove stuff into your face all day this that's, is just not rocket science and it. you were like this is it lads it's not some special pill and I'm you know I, I don't think diets work they'd certainly never worked for me anyway and I like most you know I'm restricting is really hard when you have three kids no, and you're impossible. breastfeeding it's, it's really hard and like most millennials I grew up with this horrible toxic diet culture 100%. all around me and gave me really weird concepts about certain foods like there's no bad food there's no good food there's just food there's foods that's nutrition it's nutritionally more, you know more dense and there's foods that's a bit more fun and for me it was like okay now that I've had gestational diabetes I decided, right, what makes me feel good? And that was my response. And walking makes me feel good. Swimming makes mm -hmm. me feel good. Cutting down on alcohol Sitting around makes doesn't me feel make you, you exactly. know. Exactly. Yeah. And cutting down on alcohol was a big one. Um, so I might have two glasses of wine a week, whereas during the pandemic, sure, I was like, you know, we had nowhere to go. I was cooking too much. I was eating too much. I was drinking too much. All the stuff that I think a lot of people were doing too much because what else were we going to do? And I don't regret that. And I'm not sorry about it. And I'm not going to sit here and be like, I'm so ashamed. I'm not. I did what I did, I you know, and I lived my life. But... Uh, that kind of gave me a different perspective on health as opposed to 
you know, diets. Diets don't work. I, I, I certainly never did for me. And I've never felt better because I'm moving more. I'm eating better foods. And is it, isn't it isn't it okay to want to fit into your clothes? Totally. Do we all have to and accept that we want to be really? Bi- I don't I don't know this. It's kind of also a little bit toxic. There's a lot of toxic, disordered eating and worrying about. But also there's this worry that you can't admit that you want to look and feel good. Totally, and I feel great. And I'm you know fitting into clothes that I hadn't fit into since you know my since I got married. Mm. And it feels great. Mm. I'm not going to pretend it doesn't. It yeah. feels flipping wonderful. Well, like and it's obviously you. and I've no money for new clothes. Yeah, so it's like so having great. A new it's cheaper, but you look. <laughs> fantastic <gasps> but also three kids is busy there's not very f- much time for you to be lying around your laurels no. having a big mac like, no. you look amazing but <laughs> no. you're working hard you know how is it fulfilling is it really hard how is it it is crazy it is mental and i think my husband had probably um a more realistic view of how it was going to be than i did i just was like a new baby and i'm gonna be breastfeeding and it's gonna be gorgeous and you know i've got a little toddler who's two and she is crazy and she loves you know, everything is, you know, playtime, playtime, playtime. I have a four-year-old who's starting to really want to look. He always says, look at my eyes, mommy, because he wants to play and he wants you know, that connection. And you do feel, you go to bed some nights, you know, horrend- horrendous guilt thinking, did I give him enough There's attention? a lot of big feelings there with the four-year-olds, isn't, yeah. Isn't and mm. apparently it only just gets... It's intense. There's a lot of big feelings. It's yeah. actually tricky. And then you, the school stuff and the play dates and the friendships, it's very tricky. Totally. Who and knew? I thought that was going to be a piece of piss and that the others were, yeah. <laughs> totally. And that's the thing. It's, it's the thing, the little things become the big things. Like all he wants to do is play. He wants your attention. He wants to sit down and play Play-Doh or play with his vans or play with his trucks or play chase outside. And, you know, I have to really stop myself from going, in a minute, in a minute, I'm just going to do this and just and go, yeah, I'll do it now. Because you're not going to get that minute back, you know? And I, you know, I, it's easier said than done. Sometimes I just don't have the time and that's the nights I go to bed and I go, did I get We can't, we can't do that nonsense. I, I don't think anyone, like, it's so stupid. I don't want to let you go. I have to let you go in a few minutes. I don't want to. I think you're just such a gorgeous person <laughs> to be around. But what is next? Like you said, I can ask this question because I think it's really rude. Mm. But you said I can, you're probably not going to have more kids. You're not going to have more kids. Okay. So Mac was born via cesarean, and way back my first appointment, my booking appointment, uh, I said, "Can I have a tubal ligation at the same time?" And they said, "Yeah, no problem." Um, I don't. I even back then, before the pregnancy kicked my ass, I knew this was going to be my last. This is like my last pregnancy, my last baby. Um, very pleased with that decision. It went. It was. It's been a dream. You know, I'm, I, there's no worries ever. <laughs> and you know, I. It's just a real. Sounds a bit weird, but there's a real. There's a really nice kind of feeling to knowing that completion, because completion, mm-hmm. and excited for the future. You know, like we have our three, and now let's watch them grow. Because I am never getting pregnant. No, again. I know <laughs> it's it's not fun for everyone. No. <laughs> what about work? Uh, I'm planning to go back to work. I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, I'm actually dipping the toe in a little bit next month. I'm going to be doing um, a weekend show, just kind of filling in for someone. And I'm really looking forward to that. But definitely going back to work. I, I ne- First of all, I have a mortgage, so I need to. <laughs> Will you always work with the three or did you ever think you'll stay home for a few years? Was it ever a thought? It was never a thought okay. so far. Um, now... Everything's going to change again in September because Roddy is going to go to school. Um, Pixie will be in ECCE. I'm going to try and get Mac maybe two or three mornings a week in some sort of a childcare once he hits one, um, if I can, because I'll be working full time. So it's going to be a lot. Uh, but it's never something that I really thought about so far. But I'd never say never. You know, if I feel that I need I'm needed more at home, yeah. that's where I'm going to be. Yeah, that's my I feel that forever. way, too. I sometimes think it, it, it is a very short period very short but also they need a home a roof over their heads and i need to pay for that so you know there's it, it's it's just you know it really it's a conundrum know. you're trying to like it'd be nice to be rich and retired um <laughs> 
social media you don't put them on it just a quick no. question I don't I don't trust people people like um, you see how badly people are so badly behaved on social yeah. media um, most you're great with the head the balls you're great with the head wrecks you're most just people are lovely yeah most no absolutely are they are but there's, but some there's one or two who just I, I see them making comments about um, like Vogue's Williams children oh. Lily Allen's children I just think I I'm not subjecting ne- I could not hmm. like uh, that would kill me I just I share bits and pieces but I don't have some huge ass following and I'm not this well known but I do share bits and pieces and then I've pulled back now on my older I'm not putting her face on but I think I do it because I'm like, that's how cute. And then I'm kind of like, should I be? So it's interesting. I watch it's that from afar thing. and it's, I think you know, it's an interesting choice. So. I'm just too afraid. I'm a big chicken shit. You know, I just, you know, you can say what you want about me, but like, they're so innocent. Don't touch the kids. <laughs> yeah, don't okay, Paula, quick fire to end on. I do this for everyone. So they're the same questions. Okay. Um, and I want honest, quick answers. Do your kids sleep? Some of them. <laughs> oh. older, older two are fabulous. Oh. Mac is not good. <laughs> Happiest recent memory? Oh, us, all of us <laughs> sitting on the couch and Roddy and Pixie taking turns to stand up and do a little concert for us. <laughs> That's Bam, very sweet. Singers. <laughs> That's very sweet. Are we too child centric? No. Oh, I don't think so. Okay. Um, best thing about children? The hugs and the smell. Oh, they smell so nice. Not when they, they do a poo explosion. No, when the fir- first thing in the morning when you go into the Oh, them, oh God, if you bottle that. A hero of yours. Ooh, my hero. <gasps> wow. Oh God, this is going to sound so cheesy, but like I do, I Aiden. Like Everyone has said this. Yeah, Everyone has said their partner. Yeah, but he's just I. You know, seeing him as a dad has Aww. made me look at him in a totally different way. Like he's, he's amazing. Like yeah. Um, favorite thing to do as a family? Uh, we love going going for a cup of toffee, as my <laughs> my little girl says, a cup of coffee, and uh, they get a bun and they love that, and we love it. We get a cup of coffee, they get a bun, and it's just, it's a real treat. It's lovely. We do that kind of once a week. Nice. What is the biggest fear for your children? my fear for them hmm. I have this horrendous fear that something's ever going to happen to them uh, you know that horrible parental like mm. all I want is to make sure that they outlive me I know <laughs> I just never. I you said know, to Jason yesterday if they get to 18 and we've still we're still here and they're still like I'm just and then my mum is like that'll change to 22 that'll change mm. to mm. it's just that this like I want to live till I'm 100 I want to watch them grow up I want to make sure I want to always mind them like I don't care if they're 70 like I want to make sure that I can and you're warned <laughs> any future spies for these children oh, Psycho God. Sue is going to be in the background <laughs> Paula McSweeney an absolute dream boat to interview and chat to thank you so much I hope you enjoyed this episode of A Little Birdie Told Me and if you did it would be wonderful if you could subscribe to the podcast this podcast is brought to you by Avino Baby, a dermatologist and pediatrician tested skincare range specially formulated with high quality oats to nourish, soothe and protect your baby's delicate skin from first use. Avino Baby is available in stores nationwide, including Tesco, Supervalue and Dunn's. And as your little ones get older, the new Avino Kids range is proven to cleanse, protect and help nourish kids developing skin, scalp and hair. Also available at Tesco and Dunn's.